Happy Tuesday, listeners! We are back for a new episode of Fascination Destination, where each week we take a deep dive into some of America's most famous and fascinating cities. We have a very special guest joining us today to explore San Francisco, the city by the bay. Let me welcome to the show Tess Gilmore from Friends School of Baltimore. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's truly an honor. Okay, so let's just get the ball rolling. Can you set the scene a bit for us? How would you describe San Francisco in, say, I don't know, a minute? Just give, just give us a bit of the flavor of the city. Of course. So the city of San Francisco is located on a peninsula on the northern Pacific coast of California. It's known as the Golden City, and it's been acclaimed for having a kind of glamorous reputation that not only stems from sheer physical beauty and landscape, I mean, you've got arguably the most photographable city in America, but also a real charm and distinctive personality that the city has had all throughout its history. It's really a mecca of cosmopolitan culture and also incredible financial and economic success. Wow. Thanks, Tess. That really gives us a look into what San Francisco is really like. Now, the next question is, what makes San Francisco so desirable to the explorers in the first place? All throughout the 18th century, the port of San Francisco Bay held incredible significance to explorers and was sought after by a number of great major empires at the time, including Britain, Spain, and Russia. Since this European discovery in the 1700s, it has been coveted all across the world. Its prime location and geographical features held a promising future as a lucrative port city and tourist attraction. And the more competition for the land, the more desirable the port became. In December of 1774, Spain made its first concrete attempt to establish a presence in the land surrounding San Francisco Bay. General Viceroy Bussarelli sent Captain Anza to navigate a fleet through the Golden Gate, the elegant natural entrance into the Bay of San Francisco. This was the first documentation of a European fleet entering the Bay. After months of surveying the land, the Spanish declared the establishment of San Francisco Mission. And on June 29, 1776, Father Paolo and Father Cambone two Spanish priests, set a mass to mark the founding of Mission Dolores, the mission of San Francisco of Assisi. Just three months later, the building of new churches and buildings commenced, and the Presido of San Francisco was underway. Even after the establishment of the Spanish mission, San Francisco did not lose its allure. When Mexico gained its independence from Spain in 1821, Mexico assumed control over the land, but it wasn't long before the United States set out to establish San Francisco as their own. During the Mexican-American War that was fought from 1846 to 1848, the United States won control over San Francisco. In July of 1846, the first American flag was raised, and the mission was renamed San Francisco in January of 1847. Early explorers were right to assume that the city, because of its location, could function as a highly profitable port. All throughout its history, shipping and exporting goods was a stable, consistent economic advantage to the city. 
San Francisco proved to be a crucial connection for the United States to the Pacific trade markets. While the city's geographical makeup has many advantages, there's one major pitfall, its vulnerability to earthquakes. The San Andreas fault line poses an imminent threat of earthquakes to the residents of San Francisco. On April 18, 1906, a devastating 7.9 magnitude earthquake shook San Francisco to its core and was followed by four days of massive raging fires. The total destruction took 28,000 buildings, resulting in over $350 million in damages, and over 3,000 lives were taken. The city was redesigned and reconstructed, much more equipped for fires and earthquakes in the future. It was displayed to the world when San Francisco hosted a World's Fair in 1915 for the Panama Pacific International Exposition. The new debut brought great esteem to the city, but the threat of earthquakes did not subside. The worst earthquake felt throughout the history of San Francisco occurred in 1989 on October 17th. It cost the city an estimated $6 billion and even more devastating, upwards of 60 lives were taken and left thousands more injured. To this day, earthquakes remain to be a threat and danger to the city, but modern technologies and innovations have made that threat more manageable for San Francisco. So our listeners were dying to hear about the gold rush. Can you provide us any information about that? As I mentioned earlier, the city is often referred to as the Golden City, rightfully so. The gold rush is really what put San Francisco on the map from a global perspective. In January of 1848, gold was first discovered in California by James Marshall, working at Sutter's Mill a sawmill just over 100 miles northeast of San Francisco. James and his partner, John Sutter, worked their hardest to keep the discovery to themselves. But inevitably, the secret was announced to the public just four months later, in May of 1848. It was not long before people from all across the globe got word and flocked to what is nowadays considered California gold country. The discovery ushered in San Francisco's first major wave of immigration. The population exploded. Immigrants and migrants from all across America and other countries came seeking new opportunities and riches. San Francisco's population increased from around 300 residents in 1848 to about 2,000 in February of 1849. And by the end of 1849, San Francisco boasted a population of 25,000 residents. Because San Francisco was not directly in the mining towns, it became a hub for miners to escape the excruciating labor of working in the mines and spend their newfound wealth. While making quick money in the gold industry, many new companies and entrepreneurs set up shop in San Francisco, now with the means to make investments. Henry Wells and William George Fargo took advantage of this opportunity and founded the American Express Company in 1852 in San Francisco. They controlled most of the sale and transport of the gold industry in California. They gained a national reputation and in 1875 established banking systems. 
1923, the company merged with the Union Trust Company to become Wells Fargo Bank and Union Trust. They became known as the Bank of the West. Today, the company leads as having the fourth largest assets of any bank in the United States. By 1855, much of the gold in California had been mined. As the gold rush came to a close, many San Franciscans were incredibly wealthy. But, more often than not, miners got the raw end of the deal. The city's population swell and the increase in riches also welcomed a period of chaos. Prices and living expenses increased immensely. San Franciscans turned to crime and violence. The murder rates were through the roof. In 1856, the Committee of Vigilance was formed to catch crooks and clean up the city. But the city adopted the lawless adventure spirit of miners during the gold rush. Since the gold rush, San Francisco has embodied that spirit on the cutting edge of new discovery. The city developed its own progressive, risk-taking, avant-garde personality that makes San Francisco so unique. So you just touched on the personality of the city itself. So I was just wondering if you could maybe expand on that a tad more and maybe how it played itself out through history. People came to San Francisco from all across the world with different experiences and backgrounds. As San Francisco really embraced that spirit of progressiveness and pioneerism, the city drew people with a zest for discovery and curiosity and activism. San Francisco really became a melting pot of different races and ethnicities and identities. Into the 1900s, San Francisco became known as a city of protest and activism. Especially in the 1960s and 70s, the city was seen as the heart of the hippie culture, a widespread youth movement that advocated for peace and individual freedom. Some of the most famous anti-war efforts across the country opposing the Vietnam War took place in the streets of San Francisco. There were also protests fighting for environmentalism and the protection of untouched land. People fought for the rights of the LGBTQ community. All in all, San Francisco gained a reputation for promoting diversity of thought and inclusivity across the city. Now, this is not to say that injustice did not exist in San Francisco. The city does have a long history of racial segregation and the mistreatment of African Americans. Prior to the 1940s, there was very minimal presence of African Americans in San Francisco. One source even remarked that if you were black living in San Francisco at that time, you knew every other black person in the city. But the 1940s welcomed an influx of African Americans, generally fleeing the South, in search for work and new opportunities. Many incoming African Americans took the place of Japanese Americans who were forcibly interned during the World War II. These newcomers faced discriminatory living policies that segregated African Americans to specific neighborhoods with restricted opportunities for housing, work, and education. These policies helped to develop the Fillmore District, known as the Harlem of the West and it served as a new cultural heart of San Francisco for black residents. But this drastically shifted after World War II. The gentrification of these neighborhoods displaced many of the black-owned businesses and homes, and they were forced to find new neighborhoods. But because of unfair zoning laws, it was very difficult for African Americans to find housing and opportunities.
Those who stayed in San Francisco fought for justice and equitable resources for black neighborhoods. A group of five outspoken black women, known as the Big Five of Bayview, actively fought against the discrimination and poverty of African Americans in the city. They advocated for the betterment of predominantly black neighborhoods in San Francisco, including Bayview and Hunters Point. The five women are identified as Julia Comer, Bertha Freeman, Oshala Washington, Rosalie Williams, and most well-known Eloise Westbrook. I don't have but one life to give, children. When I die, I'm dead. And you better believe it. But I'm dying for the rights of people. We just heard the empowering words of Eloise Westbrook in 1968 at the Bayview Hunters Point Community Support San Francisco State Strike. Ms. Westbrook was a mother and a grandmother to 15 grandchildren. She believed that she was fighting for the future generations of African Americans in San Francisco. These women worked with city boards and grassroots organizations to help improve housing and education opportunities. Their advocacy and hard work was put into action by legislation when the Fair Housing Act of 1968 was signed, outlawing unfair housing covenants all throughout the city. The Big Five were inspiring role models for African Americans and women at that time. They truly embodied the spirit of San Francisco. Wow, what an enlightening interview. You provided all of us with some great information, Tess. I know I'm thankful, as are my listeners. We just appreciate you coming on today. And you, won't, you know what I'm going to do right now is book a ticket to the city by the bay.